Welcome to In Loving Recollection. This is your pal Brent. I'd like to tell you a story about a former co-worker of mine that I believe embodies the certain spirit of America that I love the most. Like many in his chosen field, he was a true underdog working in the often thankless profession of education. But there was this one moment, maybe five or so years ago, that he would experience an unexpected triumph. This all happened during Teacher Appreciation Week, an annual celebration that takes place towards the end of the school year and happens to usually coincide with feelings of exhaustion and low morale. On this one particular day of that week, administrators were providing lunch to faculty and staff, featuring hot dogs, hamburgers, and possibly a bag of chips. My co-worker had discovered, after walking down to the front office for his free lunch that day, that the administrators and front office staff were also having their own special lunch, which consisted of steak and a baked potato. Having decided that he'd much rather have that for lunch than a hamburger or hot dog, he helped himself to the spread, even after being told by one of the guidance counselors that this food was for front office staff only. He didn't give a shit. He had seen what was available, viewed it as better than what was being offered, and had the gumption to think, why not me? When I think about it, there's just something so American about this story. I can't help but see the parallels between my co-worker's steak and baked potato victory and that one time over 200 years ago that a group of colonists saw what was possible, viewed it as better than what was being offered to them by the most powerful nation in the world, and had the gumption to think, why not us? It's a story that celebrates the underdog, and one worthy of commemoration. Nearly 30 years ago, America's greatest indie rock band, Pavement, did just that when they traveled to Memphis, Tennessee, the birthplace of one of America's greatest contributions to the world, rock and roll, and recorded the track No More Kings for the 1996 Schoolhouse Rock tribute album, Schoolhouse Rock Rocks. Now, I've mentioned on this show a number of times before that my love of pavement runs deep. They've been my favorite band since I was 16 years old, but the first time that I actually heard their version of No More Kings, I was only vaguely familiar with them. I'd first come to No More Kings and the compilation on which it appears through my friend Amber Tatum, who had given me her copy along with transmissions from the Satellite Heart by the Flaming Lips and Electric Learyland by Butthole Surfers, remnants of her brief alternative rock phase from middle school. I was already a fan of Schoolhouse Rock. Though its initial run had happened in the decade before my birth, the program was still very much a part of my childhood, through reruns on Saturday mornings and VHS compilations frequently utilized by substitute teachers. So needless to say, I was definitely into the concept behind the Schoolhouse Rock Rocks compilation, especially considering that one of the acts included was Pavement, 
a band I had only recently heard for the first time some months before, and was pretty intrigued by. I mean, this was a band that had the gumption to say that they did not understand the Smashing Pumpkins and could really give a fuck. So I decided to dive in. I put on the 1996 tribute album, Schoolhouse Rock Rocks, skipped to track six, and I listened. This is the story of that particular recording. Yeah, this is Robert Nasanovich from the band Pavement. Donnie put between two gangsters and a bunch of merry pranksters. Against the 22 Or who you think is gonna win that Ten to one It's the gangsters Those pranksters They can't even fight I play um, percussion, drums um, I've dabbled in keyboards and synths I play a lot of children's toys And um Mainly I scream, thank God I don't have to attempt to sing anymore. Childhood friends Stephen Malkmus and Scott Camberg would form Pavement in 1989 in their hometown of Stockton, California. Initially conceived as a recording project, the band would in time morph into a torn entity that would eventually include Malkmus's University of Virginia classmate, Bob Nastanovich. In February of 1994, the band would release their landmark sophomore record, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, through the New York City-based independent label, Matador Records. Darling, don't you go and cut your hair. Do you think it's gonna make him change? I'm just a boy with a new haircut, and that's a pretty nice haircut. Charge you like a puzzle. It is following a tour in support of Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain that Malkmus Nastanovich and drummer Steve West would reconvene at Easley McCain Recording in Memphis, Tennessee to work on a Silver Jews record, the long-standing project that Malkmus and Nastanovich had formed in the late 80s with their roommate and fellow University of Virginia alumnus, David Berman. The band, which would eventually include West, had just the summer before recorded their debut full-length Starlight Walker at Easley McCain with the Chicago-based independent label Drag City Records, releasing it in the fall of 1994. That session was quite interesting. We were in Memphis at Easley Studios. Um, it was basically at the end of the longest touring that we ever did, which was the hundreds of shows that we played after Quick and Rain because that was this weird era in pavement, which so many people were kind of trying to get us to engage in the idea of being a bigger band. And, um, you know, we actively never sidestepped that, but um, there just was a certain amount of unwillingness and lack of professionalism, which sort of saved our ass. Um, 
But I mean, in that particular case of why we're at Easley, we'd, we'd all gone down there to make a Silver Jeans record. And Steve West and myself and Stephen Malkmus had just finished a lot of touring. We showed up a few days later in Memphis and met David Berman and Peyton Pinkerton, who'd come down to play bass from Massachusetts. And I think Drag City paid for four or five days at Easley. Um, which was a fair rate, um, but still, you know, at the time with Silver Juice, it was an investment. And um, David basically lasted about two hours. We basically just got kind of set up and just got gotten started. And he, you know, for whatever the precise set of reasons were, he didn't feel comfortable making a record. <laughs> which eventually was done several months later without Steve West, Steve Malkmus, myself even knowing about it. And that's when we'd been sort of unceremoniously fired. And then we found out that uh, while we were on tour, actually for a while we was out, we found out that um, the Natural Bridge had, um, was a new Silver Juice record. And we're like, hold on, I thought we were in that band. <laughs> and my Malkmus is my case from the start. So... So, yeah, so, I mean, basically, he split, and so did Peyton. I felt particularly bad for Peyton because he'd taken some ungodly 20-hour-plus bus thing, Greyhound thing to get there, and he was <laughs> obviously, I imagine, looking forward to it. And, um, but, you know, that's, you know, part of David's mercurial self. Um, you can't question him. You're not going to fix. I mean, Doug and Davis you know, the, the engineers, Doug Easley, the studio owner, and, and Davis McCain, they were probably the best equipped to try to get him to change his mind, um, being sort of outside the loop, and that lasted for about five minutes. With Berman gone and the studio time already paid for, the three members of Pavement decide to make the most of the situation, as well as help out their former label, Drag City. Myself, Malcolm, and Wes... You know, we're having a quick discussion because Drag City's really going to take one on the nose. And Payton had left Drag City, and our appreciation of you know their interest in the band from the early days was still there, very much still there. And you know, we also knew how they ran their label very ethically and on the cheap. And so we kind of reached out to them and bought that studio time off of them. And hence, we made um, the Pacific Trim EP, the three of us, uh, myself, Balthus, and, and West. And then Stephen said there's a couple of other things that we've been asked to do. Of the other items in need of the band's attention, one would be a track for a compilation which would require the band to record a cover of a song from the children's educational series, Schoolhouse Rock. With Malkmus being a history major, and he and Nastanovich having both attended the University of Virginia, a school founded in 1819 by the Declaration of Independence principal architect, Thomas Jefferson, the band would appropriately choose the track, No More Kings. You know, as I recall... At the time, we'd become really good friends with Jackie Ferry, who was our tour manager at times as well. 
and we didn't know, but she was she was our link. Um, we didn't know anything. We didn't know whether it was an indie project or a major label project or whatever the hell it was. But it essentially was um, pick a song from the fantastic Schoolhouse Rock era. And so I think we were one of the early ones. And, and you know, I think we, we loved the song. I mean, <laughs> I mean, No More Kings. I mean, it was just kind of, to me, it was like, um, if we were one of the first to choose, it was sort of an obvious one for us. Rocking on a rolling mission and a splashing over the horizon, what can it be? The pilgrims sailed the sea to find a place to call their own. In their ship Mayflower, they hoped to find a better home. They finally knocked on Plymouth Rock, and someone said, we're there. It may not look like home, but at this point, I don't care. Mother England They swore their loyalty Until the very end Anything you say, King It's okay, King You know it's kind of scary on your own Gonna build a new land The way we planned Could you help us run it till it's grown? Wes is an artist But he's complete History junkie um, And I could have majored in history But the only reason I ended up Majoring in government was because I'd gotten like two B's and never the, the only time I'd gotten two B's in college at that point. So, um, which says a lot about my ability to handle responsibility. So over those four days, it was very relaxing. It was just the three of us. No, I mean, it was just super fun. It was super fun. And it was super easy and didn't take much time. Um, everybody made a contribution and it was a lovely experience. And in the end, they had made a recording. Rockin', rollin', splishin', splashin' over the horizon. What can it be? The track No More Kings tells the story of the 13 original colonies' formation and the events that would lead to their eventual succession from Britain. And whereas many of the other selections from the Schoolhouse Rock Rocks compilation 
stay fairly close to the parameters set up by the original recordings. Pavement's version of No More Kings shares very little with the original's upbeat 70s folk vibe. Instead, the band creates a version of the song that is pure pavement, employing elements specific to their signature sound, a skillful execution of melodicism and messiness that's loose and fractured and often feels as if it could all fall apart at any moment, all the while maintaining a sort of effortless charm. Broken Rain was a very unique pavement album because Gary left the band and essentially that album really was built upon the nascent relationship between Malcolm and West. So at that point they'd been really through like a lengthy creative process with Crooked Rain. So they worked very well together. Um, West is obviously as big a team player as I've ever known. Except maybe when we played JV basketball together in high school. <laughs> I mean, as an artist, he, he certainly is. It is what it is, it's kind of jokey, but I mean, that, that was sort of the vibe, you know, sort of that silliness um, was, you know, it, I mean, obviously Schoolhouse Rock was meant to be an effective, fun way to learn. I mean, so, <laughs> um, so that was a pretty easy thing for us to pull off. It was nice to, you know, sort of have a skeletal idea of, of a song. I mean, essentially, obviously, it's a pavement treatment. It's a it's a cover. So, you know, I mean, Malcolm's, you know, to his credit, he's rather brilliant in that regard. I think he probably heard it instead of doing it the same way we would have done, like, you know, a very straight version of a song that was, you know, it was kind of a perfect song, "The Killing Moon" by Echo and the Bunny Men. Um, these were songs that had never really been put together by rock bands. So essentially as he went through that process of sort of siphoning it from a ditty to a pavement song, then he essentially, like he did with a lot of things, he just malchemist it. I mean, he's one of those people and I'm, you know, he's not alone, but he's one of those people that only really has to listen to things once or twice it's funny that he's been tagged slacker king and all this stuff you know certain things come very easily to him i mean um and certainly playing guitar mainly and then you know i think writing songs he's written so many now it's a bit more of a struggle but um at least the process when it came to no more kings was pretty much a breeze 
Atlantic and Lava Records would release Schoolhouse Rock Rocks in April of 1996. To promote the album, a split 7-inch containing No More Kings, along with Interplanet Janet by sci-fi surf rockers Manor Astro Man, would also be released. I'd actually almost, if anything, had forgotten about it and then read some review probably in Spin or Raygun or Magnet or something like that um, about it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's on there, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I ever secured a copy. I think I had a copy on CD that I bought used. I, like, I didn't get – I don't have a copy um, today. Uh, but, you know, obviously in this day and age, you can listen to anything you want on your cell phones. Many years ago, a group of colonists – true underdogs, if you will, ignored conservative wisdom and sought to form a new nation even when their chances of success seemed unlikely. In 1975, the writers of a children's program inspired by these events sought to honor this story in the form of a pop song. And two decades later, a great American band one that you could conceivably describe as true underdogs, made the most of a somewhat awkward situation and recorded a version of that song, rendering it in the way that only this particular band was uniquely capable of, causing all who hear it to proclaim that from the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam, God bless America, and God bless pavement. I just thought, you know, it was very fun. Um, very fun. You know, I, if I, I hadn't heard it, see, I was young then. I hadn't heard it for, you know, 15 years. I mean, I don't, I don't recall hearing it past elementary school. I mean, the treatment we did was just super fun. And, you know, the other thing about the record is that you could take No More Kings and you could make it a three-plus-minute song. I mean, there's a lot to it. I mean, it's a huge story. I mean, you know, the historical relevance um, is deserving of at least a three-minute pop <laughs> or just a treatment of a three-minute song, whereas some of the other ones the reason are, you know, are really sort of meant to be 30 or 45-second songs. If you're doing a straight treatment, which I think most people do when they're covering a song. They're just cognizant of of not sort of making it their own and sort of keeping it in the same structure. And then, so a lot of the a lot of the material, you know, no matter how brilliant it is on, you know, from the original Schoolhouse Rock era, is very hard to stretch. Um, no More Kings was, was pretty easy to stretch and make it very much a different thing, which you know is again down to Malcolm's gifts. Thanks for listening to A Loving Recollection. A very special thanks to Bob Nastanovich for speaking with me about this very special recording. You can stream and buy No More Kings and more from Pavement on the various streaming platforms or at pavementband.com. Seek this stuff out. It'll make you a better American. 
You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or at inlovingrecollection.com. We'll see you next time. We'll get through this.